0: Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. I'm very excited to welcome Alana and Cheryl, the founders of State of Kid in Miami. State of Kid is a space for parents, whether you are pregnant, looking for prenatal classes, mommy and me activities, enrichment classes. They have an amazing store in their space. It's for children about six months to five years old, and really a space for parents to meet new friends.
1: So State of Kid was
0: built ultimately to make parenting easier. We wanted to offer multiple resources for parents in a single space. Just a little bit of background. I first met Alana and Cheryl in December 2020 during COVID, about six to eight months after I started talking with Tata, and they offered me the opportunity to run a class in their space in the Design District. Since then, they have expanded to now three different locations throughout South Florida and hopefully are going to expand even further than that within the next few years. They really gave me a start in my career, meeting new families, gave me advice on expanding my business, helping me find a new direction for my business. Kids get
2: to engage with each other from a very young age, but also engaging with the caregiver, whether yeah. it's a parent or a nanny. I think they might want to do some of this stuff at home, but they don't know how to do it. Yeah. So bring them to a
0: class where there is an expert who kind of you know teaches you how to play with your kid. They share with us Just how every day is different with growing a business. There can be struggles with marketing and e-commerce and really just how they manage to do it, having family, husbands, children, a community, a social life, and expanding this amazing business. One of them specializes in operations. The other specializes in marketing and PR and how they make their partnership work. As a reminder, each week we give Tata's tip of the week, really explaining to people and families just different skills that they can learn and work on with their child. Tata's tip of the week is really to seek out speech therapy for early intervention. Today's tip of the week is not really a tip. It's more just something I wanted to teach you guys. I have a lot of parents coming to me every single day saying, I don't know, my child hasn't really said their first word yet and they're 15 months old, or they're 18 months old and they're only saying three words. And we never want to make our parents concerned but there are a few different approaches to this. You can do the wait and see approach, which some people believe in, or you can do what I personally believe is, which is early intervention. People don't really know what early intervention means. So under a certain age, your child can either qualify for early intervention, or you can choose to seek out a speech therapist. Some people really go with the wait and see approach, which some schools and teachers say, oh, don't worry, they're 16 months old. Wait it out. Let's see when they start talking. And some people... Parents choose to really be a little bit more proactive and have a speech therapist or a physical therapist or whoever it is, occupational therapist, come in earlier. So what we always say is early intervention can treat a number of different diagnoses, speech and language delay or a disorder, difficulty pronouncing words, limited vocabulary, difficulty understanding others, or your child might struggle with socializing eye contact. There could be a number of reasons that you would seek out a professional to come in at the earlier stages. And it really refers to the process of identifying and addressing speech and language difficulties. Yes, your child might grow out of this, and they might just be a little bit more shy or timid to speak, but they might not. And going in early and as early as possible really can help your child. Usually, a speech therapist comes in, they evaluate your child. At that age, it really is more play-based. They're not drilling them. They're not showing them cards. Most of the time, your child can't speak. So it's really teaching parents how to communicate with their child, really getting, giving them tips, getting them as involved as possible. The goal of early intervention, it's not just trying to get your child to talk. It's really providing them with this safe space and necessary support that they might need and tools to improve their communication skills and development. So I'm very excited for you all to listen and let us know what you think. I'm very excited to welcome Alana and Cheryl, the founders of State of Kid in Miami. For those of you who don't know, State of Kid is a space for parents, whether you're pregnant, looking for prenatal classes, mommy and me activities, enrichment classes, all children. Even if you just want to meet some new friends, this is really the space for you. So welcome, Alana and Cheryl. Thank you. Um, A little bit of background information for those who don't know how we all met. I first met you guys really during COVID, right? So it was December 2020, maybe November 2020, about six to eight months after I started talking with Tata. Basically, you guys had started this whole program and you really were the first ones to open up in this post-COVID world. And it was a brand new space in the design district, and you welcomed me into your space. And after a few semesters together, watch you guys grow into this multi-space business, which is awesome. I started my class there, and really, you guys introduced me to all these new families and really are the reason. I have to give you major credit for this, why my business exploded, because I really believe that once you get introduced to one family, and then more and more come. So thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. Um, (laughs) But enough
0: about me. Tell us a little bit about how you started this business. Why don't we actually start with a little bit about yourself? So, Cheryl, if you want to go first, tell me a little bit about your background.
2: Sure. So, I am from New Jersey, like both of you. Are you from – No, I'm from Miami. I'm a Florida girl. I didn't know
0: that. I know. I thought you were from New York. I know.
2: I think we give off that vibe a little bit, but we're Florida girls. All right. So, I'm from New Jersey, like Alana. Yeah. Um, And our producer. Okay. So, I – went to college in DC lived in New York for a very long time and then went to Chicago for grad school mm-hmm. where I met my husband what were uh, you studying in grad school I was, I was studying business so oh, I got okay. my MBA got it and then so he moved down to Miami for a job after after graduating and I was like well I'm just I'm moving back to New York why would I ever move to Miami right and so I moved um, I moved back to New York I started visiting him in Miami the first time I came down was for Art Basel oh in
0: 2012
2: and I was like this is great. <laughs> um, I can do this. <laughs> and pretty shortly after moved down here was doing management consulting focusing on the retail space. Okay. and then started working for the company Frida. So Frida Baby, Frida yep. Mom. So I ran sales and operations for them here and then moved to Switzerland for my husband's job. So wow. me, he's dragging you everywhere. <laughs> me, my husband and then our newborn son. We moved to Switzerland for a few years. Wow. Moved back to Miami in 2018, which is when I met Alana and then shortly after we started, you know, talking about things that we wanted to do, both of us were interested in starting our own, you know, our own thing we had mm-hmm. both been working mm-hmm. at. Corporate jobs at startups
0: yep. and we both really wanted to do something for ourselves. And just for people who maybe don't know enough about Florida at the time, especially in 2018, this didn't exist. What you guys are doing which we'll get into later, you know, this whole I guess, I call it like the new Miami, right? I feel like a lot of New York is coming down here. And I feel like we are expanding as a city, just education wise, like there's so many new businesses that are coming. So I want to talk about that. And Alana, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself?
1: So I was living in New York up until 2018. Like okay. Cheryl, my husband dragged me down here. I wasn't kicking and screaming though. I had a two-year-old child and I think just the idea of being in warm weather and not yeah. pushing a stroller through the snow was really exciting. Mm-hmm. So I moved down here in 2018. I had also worked in the corporate world for various startups. I was working most recently for a business called Buy, the beverage company. Right, B-A-I, yeah. drink buy. And the company had just gone through an acquisition, and I was thinking about what was next and having a two year old. You know, obviously, children were on my mind. And Um, I also had a background in boutique fitness. I was part of Flywheel in the early days, helped them expand from five studios to 35, ran all their branding communications back in the the good days. You know, Started thinking about boutique fitness and just all the flexibility it gave you and how boutique fitness really disrupted the big box gym industry Mm -hmm. and started thinking about why there wasn't a similar solution for children's enrichment Mm -hmm. and for parents. And when I came down here, it was April. It was the middle of a quote unquote semester there was nothing I could sign my son up for. He wasn't get um, ready for preschool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was going to the parks, but I wasn't necessarily finding my tribe there. It was certainly um, before this huge migration to Miami. Yeah. So I didn't know that many people. A lot of the people I knew didn't have kids or were in different stages of life. And, you know – I met Cheryl. We met through our husbands, so we have to thank our husbands for bringing us down here and introducing us to each other. We love them, yeah. Yes. We met. We met at dinner in Coral Gables. We instantly hit it off. She was about to give birth to her second Mm -hmm. child. She has this amazing experience both with Frida as well as – and she worked for an e-commerce business while she was in Switzerland, children's e-commerce. And she has an amazing operations, finance, sales background. My background is in PR, marketing. And we felt that our skill set was really Mm complementary and just started talking about what was missing here in Miami and a concept that also could open in cities all over the country. We wanted to have something that we knew we could scale eventually. You know, if we were going to leave our, our jobs, we wanted something that, you know, could be just as big and if not bigger. And so we opened the doors to the first date of KID in September of 2019, which is crazy because six months later, we closed our doors during COVID. Yeah. We put a lot of work, all of almost all of 2019, getting ready. For that first location. We were working out of the design district every day from good old OTL. Met a lot of amazing people there, people that still support us today. We're still in the design district today. We actually are in a, a different location than the original. Yep. Yeah, we opened in
0: 2019. So it's a very different place today than, than it was back then. Absolutely. So can you tell us what exactly State of Kit is? What do you guys offer... Obviously, you started it, and it seems like you both really wanted something that Miami was lacking and just what you guys were lacking in terms of having kids, meeting people. What was your goal with this business, and what do you guys offer?
1: So State of Kid was built ultimately to make parenting easier. We wanted to offer multiple resources for parents in a single space. So mm-hmm. that includes curated retail. So as you know, we sell clothing, accessories, toys. I know Andy loves our books. Yes, um, I really love she your books. She uses them in her classes. Yes. And so we've, we've also really expanded the toy business. We started a lot, a lot of clothes initially. We still have a great selection. European, Australian, American brands brands, things you can't necessarily find on Amazon or yep. even in, you know, big retailers like a Bloomingdale's or a Saks. And then we also wanted this curated selection of classes. So enrichment mm-hmm. classes, 45 minutes. Um, our space is a multi-use space. So one minute we could be having a cooking and crafts class. The next minute we could be having a talking with Tata class or a gymnastics class or a ballet class. So we use a, a sa- the same space for all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we really to all families. We say we um, cater to children ages 0 to 8 really 0 to 5 is is our sweet spot yeah. but on the weekends and on um holidays like we just had spring break winter break we see a lot of the older kids coming in for mini camps mm-hmm. and we also do birthday parties now too so I saw the, that yeah so in the last year we've gotten a ton of requests for birthday parties we do everything so parents get the same you know incredible experience that mm-hmm. they get in their classes they get at a party and we can do everything from food beverage decor characters face painting we really try to, again, make parenting easier and just the parents show up, they have a great time, and then they leave
0: with their gifts. So just to clarify, you guys actually do all the planning for that. All the
1: planning, yes. And the
0: space, and that's kind of a package that you all Correct. That you offer. So we
1: basically take our classes and we turn them into parties. So if you love your music class or if you love your cooking and crafts class or yeah. your art and sensory, you pick the theme. So we've had everything from dinosaurs and princesses to things like Gabby's Dollhouse, which is a hot Shoot. show on that. Netflix. You know, people get really creative, and we take those. We we take our classes, and we take their theme. We marry them together, and we do a whole party around it. And we can bring in all the extras. You know, we just had a recent hip hop party with our hip hop class. Yeah, the parties have been great. It's a great way for people to
0: discover us. We've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you guys choose the services that you offer? So I know you have jam with Jamie and all these other popular, amazing classes. How do you guys choose? Are you looking at what people want and need, or is there a goal behind each class?
1: Yeah, so we when we first opened here, we really wanted to curate the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to a lot of the you know amazing instructors in Miami that parents loved that all kids couldn't have access to. So mm-hmm. some teachers were teaching in a school, and if you weren't in that school, you couldn't take that class or, you know, they were teaching in someone's home. And if you didn't have a private group and you didn't know other people to right. sort of pod with, you it was hard for you to take that class. So we wanted a space that was really inclusive mm-hmm. and that if you didn't have your tribe, if you were a new mom or, you know, you had friends with kids that were different ages, you could come to our space and you could meet new people and you could take all of these great classes and you could take multiple classes a week. Mm-hmm. You know, we see people coming to us one day for ballet, one day for art and sensory. The older child is doing. A science class. The younger child is doing a dance class. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, we really try to cater to that whole family. We really have an incredible roster of instructors. We think there's a lot of classes that are exclusive to us, but then we also do bring in some of those popular teachers, like the jam with Jamie. She's yeah. she's awesome. Okay. Red Violet Sensory, and we've it's been great partnership since since we started. A lot of the instructors initially, we kind of
2: had to seek them out. We yeah. talked to a lot of our friends and. Found out, okay, here's the best instructor for dance, here's the best instructor for cooking, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But more recently, as we've grown, we really have had a lot of instructors come to us. I think they understand wow. that we have this really powerful platform yep. with our locations and the type of families that we bring in that are really like passionate about, you know, educating their children, um, and also finding kind of their tribe and their people and their community. Yeah. And so we've gotten a lot more like inbound teacher
0: inquiries about wanting to
2: kind of partner with us and teach in our space more recently.
0: Absolutely. And I think you guys are also doing something for, you know, small businesses. You, I mean, look myself, you... kind of brought me into this world and community and introduced me to people and I think that's probably what you're doing for all these other businesses whether you know I know that some of them are a little bit bigger right now but you're finding people who are new and mm-hmm. introducing them to the world and the community I think that's fabulous cuz starting off as someone who had six kids in my class you know I didn't really know where to go from there obviously your business started and somewhat took a pause during COVID. You guys, has your business changed at all? There's certainly
1: a lot of changes. So Mm -hmm. when we started our business, the idea going back to the conversation about boutique fitness, it Mm -hmm. was all drop-in. So it was all about giving parents ultimate flexibility. So you could buy a five-pack, a 10-pack of classes and use those credits towards anything. And then obviously with COVID, we had to keep people distanced. We wanted to keep pods together. So around the time you were teaching with us, it was the whole concept was bring us your pod. We were doing groups of six children, really keeping them small. And the benefit with our spaces is is that we're not an indoor gym. We are not a 10,000 square foot space. We can be successful with small group classes. And that's really what enabled us to survive the pandemic. Because if we had to put 20 kids in a class, 40 kids in a class, it would have never worked. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we could be successful with small classes was really beneficial for us. post Pandemic. It was all about, you know, putting groups together and keeping groups together. And then it goes back to those people that didn't have a group and they didn't know people. So I want to say it was in 21, spring, fall of 21, we started opening up classes again. But rather than letting everybody just drop in and mix and mingle, we made people commit to multiple weeks to Mm -hmm. just keep the same groups of kids together. But we also know the benefit of consistency for kids too. So right now we're in a hybrid space where we offer multi-week sessions. And we really promote that, especially for things like dance. Because mm-hmm. if you want to see a child really excel at ballet, they've got to come and practice every week. Right. Right. So we have classes where it is a requirement that you sign up for eight weeks at a time, 10 weeks at a time. But then we do have drop-ins as well. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to go back to that hybrid of offering parents flexibility. The other thing that we do is that if a parent is signed up for a class and it's really not for their child, we'll let them switch to something else. Right. So we really, you know, try to keep that our initial goal of giving flexibility. We're focused on that within reason, of course.
0: Right. And you guys really were the first, I mean, the first ones that I know of that really opened up. When did you guys open up post-COVID? Was it November? June 2020.
1: Yeah. So wow. we opened post-COVID in June 2020. And again, that was when we were offering small group classes, but we really saw the demand skyrocket. And it's interesting because we were only open for six months before. So it goes to show that, you know, we had built a product that was trusted yeah. and that people felt safe coming back, which mm-hmm. meant a lot to us and June June was v- a very busy month. We also did a lot wow. of mini camps that summer for older kids because so many kids, the camps were closed. Right. So we would do these two-hour, three-hour mini camps with older kids, dance, cooking, arts and crafts. And people loved it. And they were really grateful to have a space where they could go because kids needed socialization. There was so much Zoom fatigue at the time. Yeah. Luckily, that's past us. We offered this. And then we we started talking about you know going back to our original goal of opening more locations and serving more communities. And. We opened our second location in February of 22. And then that's Miami Beach. And then our third location in South Miami is um, now open. We opened in September of 22.
0: Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. So it's
1: been quite a whirlwind. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that we survived the pandemic and have expanded. But it's um, awesome to see all the support we've gotten from teachers, from community, from parents. Um, the same c- people that were coming to us when we first opened over three years ago now have second children, third children, yeah. and
0: they're bringing their little ones. Yeah, and that's how you know you have a great product because, look, the pandemic could have shut you guys down and that would have been it. I've talked about it before on this podcast, but the pandemic really, people suffered from it and children suffered from it. Their education, just looking at people with masks on and couldn't understand their speech, or maybe children who needed early intervention, they couldn't they didn't get it for however many months. So you guys opening in June and then expanding from there, I think you guys really allowed families, a mm-hmm. moms to meet each other. I know yeah. there's a lot of postpartum depression and mm-hmm. moms needed a community. So I think first of all you guys gave them that. I also believe that you allowed children to socialize. My first pod with you guys in December 2020, really you put together this group of let's say eight moms and some knew each other, some didn't and They are still friends today. So I think that's something I commend you guys because these are children who probably weren't exposed to other people yeah. for a while. So and many now kids were just friends. home.
1: Yeah. A lot of people had a single child. I had a single child at home, yeah. was coming up with different things and different ways to entertain him every day, was making sensory bins, was making <laughs> oobleck. Yeah. Every day I was... You're you the know, teacher. I was the teacher yes. using what I had learned those six months at State of Kid and implementing that at home. And one thing we did during COVID as well, just to keep our community engaged, mm-hmm. was we took all of our classes and we moved them online and we made them free because we knew that there were so many... There was so much competition in yeah. the space. We knew that the, there was so much content online. So we really wanted to keep the state of kid family engaged. So we made the classes free. We had Jam with Jamie classes. We had art and sensory. We even had our cooking and crafts teacher doing things. Yep. We would deliver boxes of supplies to people's homes locally yeah. so that they could put projects together while they were on Zoom. And people just really loved that. And we made it a donation-based activity where parents could make donations. And that went strictly to the teachers, Mm because we really wanted to support our teachers during that time. It was really important for us just to keep people engaged, keep the instructors engage. Mm-hmm. You know, the instructors also just felt terrible during that time because they were sitting home. We were sitting home. Our kids, you know, wanted to keep our employees working. So we really came up with creative ways. And then our retail business, you know, we have an e-commerce site. You could shop with us online. So people could still do that. That stayed alive during the pandemic, but they were definitely harder times. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And so you brought up a good point of just competition and how you guys went virtual. How do you guys deal with competition? You know, Obviously, in Miami, I personally don't believe that there is anything like you guys. I think, in my opinion, you are the best and the only ones. But how are you guys dealing with it? You know, whether it's New York, California, how do you prevent people from taking your idea and expanding it maybe before you expand it to other states? I mean, I think our
2: product is very unique. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that differentiates us, and this is something that Alana touched on earlier, is that we've curated just – we've really developed trust from families, and I think that is not something that is easily won. Yeah, it's probably something that's lost pretty easily if you don't, you know, kind of stay consistent yeah. and, you know, do the right thing and offer, continue to offer like excellent service and excellent products. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is our, you know, one really differentiating factor. And and in terms of bringing so many of these complementary services under one roof, mm-hmm. you know, we have the shop, we have the play, and we have the party, and No, you know, we're really disrupting kind of this children's enrichment market by offering all of those things. And it's not an easy thing to do. I think if it was easy, a lot of other people would be doing it. Everyone would do it. And it's not easy. Every day we are trying to evolve and optimize and kind of bring the best things to market, the best classes, the best products, you know, the best events and doing all of those things kind of in tandem is is challenging, but at the same time, like incredibly rewarding. I think Alana and I both feel really fulfilled by what we're doing. I mean, it's definitely not easy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we have we have our, our good days and our bad days, but, you know, the the trust piece and then just kind of the combination of all the things that we offer, I think mm-hmm. is really, really sets
1: us apart. Exactly. I think, you know, anything can be replicated, right? You look at, you know, how many coffee businesses are out there, how many nail salons are out there, hair salons. I think it's just about offering amazing customer service, yes. as Cheryl said, trust, listening to parents. I think parents really want to feel heard. We want to feel heard as parents ourselves, listening to the instructors. You know, mm-hmm. we want to create a place where people want to work, listening to our employees and just being really committed. You know, this is a business, as you know, it requires a lot of commitment, you know, and, and constantly evolving with the time times it's just it's so important but we think that there's a, there are a lot of factors that you know have an, have enabled us to be successful and i think part of it is just knowing what you know knowing what you don't know mm-hmm. listening to people learning from people continuing to just better yourself better the business and you know, there'll always be competition, but there's certainly room for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we feel you know, we feel fortunate to to build what we've built today. and we hope that, you know this will continue to expand.
0: I think that's a perfect answer. And you guys really gave me a lot of that advice back in that December 2020. I always say, you know, it's my I love what I do and I'm so fulfilled by it and the classes and the privates. But there are times where I'm like, it's oversaturated. You look at New York City and there's a thousand classes. And I always try to tell myself and remind myself, like, if I'm happy and I'm listening to my moms and my community, my Tata community, I think, you know, I block out the noise and I kind of block out the competition. Yes, people might copy. Or Instagram, you could put up a picture and 20 minutes later someone else is. You know, you can't prevent that. But as long as, like, you have a goal and you kind of stick on your path, I think – that's great. So
1: important. I think it's so important. I think we have really tried to, you know, offer again this community. Like you said, we've we've helped people grow their businesses. There's yeah. other, um, you know, other instructors who started with us and now have a ton of privates all over and yeah. do other things as well. You know, we never want to prohibit someone from growing, from expanding. We, you know, we want to be a part of the community. We have so many people that supported us from day one that you know we want to pay it forward and pay it, pay it back. Mm-hmm. And there's so many there's so many businesses, you know. I remember during COVID when we were in shutdown, we talked to a lot of local businesses, Taja Candles, G Beauty, Barry's Bootcamp, and we all sort of banded together. We did some social media giveaways. There were the small business days when it was all about supporting small business and just keeping these places alive. And, you know, those are businesses that we're forever grateful for.
0: Absolutely. And I appreciate that. I remember those days and I appreciate them. So why do you guys believe that sensory play, socializing, music, art, I know why I believe it's important. Why do you guys believe it's important? You know, what do you, what's your goal for the children to learn from this?
2: One of the biggest pieces of this, to your point earlier, is socialization. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that kids get to engage with each other from a very young age, but also engaging with the caregiver, right? Whether it's a parent or a nanny, I think a lot of kids parents and caregivers, they might want to do some of this stuff at home, but they don't know how to do it. Yeah. So bring them to a class where there is an expert who kind of, you know, teaches you how to play with your kid. And like, while that might seem like a strange concept, I think for me, I've learned so much just, you know, from watching our classes happening in our spaces of like how to play with my kid, how to talk to my kid, like what are the best ways for them to learn? What are different strategies to use if someone's having a meltdown? And so- you know, for me, I think just like that aspect of socialization and like engagement with other kids as well as parent or caregiver, Mm -hmm. so important.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes I think people look at Class and they say, well, what's my child learning? You know, I love your class, but what are they really learning when you're singing Old MacDonald? And it's not just singing Old MacDonald. Yeah. It's you know the socialization or teaching them how to use their hands when they're singing eye contact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think your answer was absolutely perfect. I think you know there's so much more than just what they're being they're doing in that class. Totally. And yeah. I think what we hear too is like
2: you know there might be a six month old a twelve month old in class and a teacher might be bringing out like a letter. Yeah. And and parents are like, what? Why are they? Why are they trying to? learn about, you know, ABCs and one, two, threes, like they're not, they're not there yet, but it's like the more, it's like repetition and exposure and the earlier they get exposure to some of these things, the quicker they'll learn it when they're ready. When my
1: mom's asked me the same question, I'm yeah. just going to send them to yeah. you. I'm going to yeah. say, you know what,
0: go talk to Alana and Cheryl yeah. right now.
1: Exactly. Send them our way. The uh, only yes. other thing I would add to that, too, is, you know, I think parents are constantly learning, right? And mm-hmm. so in the beginning, especially post COVID, we would have classes and the parents would just be so excited to see other parents and chatting, chatting, chatting. But we always say, you know, you are a mirror to your children. And it is so important for the parents to be engaged in the class because if the parents are not paying attention, the kids are not paying attention and the kids aren't engaged. So mm-hmm. we try to teach the parents to like use this 45 minutes to actually engage with your child, to play, to get involved in that sensory bin, to sing the songs, to, you know, help them do their tumble and gymnastics because it's, you know, it's a fun social hour for the parents, but it's really about enriching the kids and helping them grow too. And we say like Hang out after class. Come early. You know, we have spaces in our within state of kid where parents can mingle and we never kick someone out when the class is over. You know, we want people to socialize. We want them to have that sense of community. But we also want them to be focused during that 45 minutes so that the child gets as much
0: out of the class as possible. Perfect answer. Again, I think that's great. I agree with everything you guys are saying. So I want to hear from both of you just to finish off. Where do you guys each see your business going? Whether it's staying here with your three amazing locations, or do you want to expand elsewhere? Where do you guys see it? Cheryl, why don't you start sure. us off?
2: We definitely see expansion. I mean, when Alana and I first started this, the goal was never to have one or even three locations in Florida. The goal was to have a nationwide business mm-hmm. where we were bringing State of KID to communities across the nation. So yep. in the short term, we see expansion in Florida. So maybe a Boca, an Aventura. So not quite in our backyard in Miami, but yep. a little bit more of an arm's length to kind of test out how do, what does this look like when it's a little bit further away, when we might not have as much direct oversight and, you know, building a team for, you know, one specific location. And then beyond that, definitely expansion in other markets, so great, Chicago yeah. and LA, Austin, you know, other cities like that. Yeah, and growing from there.
0: I have a yeah. lot of moms to introduce you to Chicago, LA, <laughs> Austin, Dallas, everywhere. We, um, we do
1: get a lot of inbound requests, um, so we are trying to. Stay focused Mm because I think focus is everything. You know, we don't want to expand too fast. We're really working on templatizing things and making sure that, you know, as we expand outside of Florida, that it's easy to replicate and that someone, an amazing manager, partner in these other cities can easily execute what we've created here. Wouldn't say anything's really easy, but (laughs) the more we can templatize, the better. You know, there's always going to be a local component. Every city has its amazing set of instructors, experts, but from, you know, the product side, the look, the feel. The brand, the size of the space, the type of parties we offer, the type of retail, you know, we're trying to make this as consistent as possible. And you know the Florida community has been amazing, but there's been so much migration to other cities—Charlotte, mm-hmm. Austin, which Cheryl said—and there's yep. so many young families in these cities who are reaching out to us daily, asking for a concept like ours. So, it's our goal to be there, <laughs> and you know we'll keep you posted on when that's
0: happening. <laughs> Great! Your husband's dragged you here, and now you're <laughs> going to slowly start dragging him there for things, and you know exactly. we're going to Austin next. A lot of moms in our Tata community, they're working moms, they're trying to figure out how to get back into jobs, working again, career, tell us a little bit about a day in the life. So you guys are doing a lot. You're doing shopping, merchandising, website, running classes, deal with some lovely mothers. Um, so Cheryl, why don't you tell us, you know, give us a day in the life of sure. state of kids. And you forgot to add dealing with our own kids. Dealing with your own kids, right. your so, husbands. Yes. Exactly.
2: Um, no. So I mean, the day really starts with dropping off our own kids at their respective schools. So I do two different drop offs. I have a kid, I have a son in elementary school and my daughter's in preschool. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But then that is shortly followed by a call to Alana. So we pretty much <laughs> check in every morning kind of like What's your status? Where are you going to be for the day? Talk about like maybe some of the big calls that we'll have and kind of level setting there. Yeah. And then we check in with our manager. So I will go to either, you know, South Miami or Design District, depending on the day and what we have on our calendar. Check in to make sure everyone kind of has what they need for the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we have our morning classes starting typically at 930. So each of our locations, depending, you know, depending on the day, there are different classes going on. It could be uh parent and me ballet. It could be a music class. It could be an art and sensory class. So those are happening between 9.30 and, you know, 12, 12.30 mm-hmm. typically. Every day we have a daily call with our manager. So at 2 p.m. we all hop on a call to talk about different, you know, whatever's going on for the day, whether it's like, you know, uh, a class that we need to potentially fill, whether it's, you know, an issue with an order, things like that. Mm-hmm. But we always want to make sure that we're all connecting once a day to share insights
1: or potentially like communicate different things that each of
2: the stores should be doing. And so there's a lot of troubleshooting
1: yeah. and you know we're, we're also moving inventory between the three stores. If you're shopping in the Miami Beach location and you want a shirt that might be sold out there or a dress, but South Miami has it, there's transferring of inventory. Yeah. So we really have to be on top of it. We have to make sure all the managers are communicating with each other. And then, of course, there's the ordering and management of inventory overall. So we have an amazing uh, operations director, Gabby, who helps us with keeping things straight, keeping the website straight. She knows all the kids that come in. She knows what people are buying. She knows what classes people are taking. She's been with us since the beginning. And she's awesome. So
0: Yeah, and I think it's important what you guys, you know, you have different roles, but you balance each other out, which I think is great. And you also rely on your team, which something I struggle with is really – learning to trust other people with my yep. business and just, they might not be me and they might not be you guys, but just learning like what your strengths are, what someone else's strengths are. And I think that's great. And Alana, why don't you tell us a little bit, starting with school drop-off, a little bit of the day in the life. <laughs> yeah.
1: So school drop-off, I then always chat with Cheryl. We talk about what's on the agenda for today, for the day. You know, we've had so much going on recently. We travel as well. We go to New York to the shows twice a year for buying. Oh, wow. Okay. We also were just part of a business accelerator that was really fun, helped us as you were asking us earlier about scaling the business. Mm-hmm. This is about you know this was a, a eight week accelerator with twenty founders and all about taking your business to the next level. We've been doing some fundraising as well. We have taken some money into the business to help us grow and expand, and we're still working on that. So that takes up a big chunk of our day as well. Yeah, and you know check, checking in with our investors, advisors is certainly you know a part of our weeks, months. And then for me, you know, my my background is in marketing and PR, so I handle the social media, the SEO, copywriting, graphic design, and as you say, you know, it's hard to trust other people. We certainly have a specific vision for our business, yeah. but we have found some amazing resources to help us in these areas. We can't do it all. We know we can't do it all even though we we try. <laughs> so you know, a lot of our time is spent managing some of these external resources and just making sure that they understand the brand. They have everything they need. Email marketing. I mean, there's, there's so many things that go into our business and running it. And there's mm-hmm. so many more things that can be done. But there's only so many hours in the day. And, yep. you know, Cheryl and I, when we started this, we said that one thing that was really important to us was that we never missed important milestones for our kids. So Cheryl never misses her son's soccer games. I never miss my son's baseball games. So we do what we have to to ensure that everything gets done during the day. We are there for our children. We're there to put them to bed at night. We're also there for our, you know, girls' nights out because those (laughs) are important as well, our our nights with our husbands. And then, you know, we're we're working late at night often too, but that's okay because, you know, it's a sacrifice and we really enjoy what we do.
0: Yeah, and I think you guys just said it balance. Um, but also if you're passionate and you love what you do, you're gonna be happy doing it. So Alana, you briefly mentioned getting money for investors. How do you guys do that? You know, two women in the industry. How do you guys find that that's a struggle trying to get people to invest with you, or is that something that comes naturally?
1: So, we did take on some friends and family investment when we were first starting out. Um, This is a capital intensive business because we have rent to pay and instructors and all of the inventory as well. You know, we are laying out a lot of cash. So, we put some of our own money into the business, took some friends and family money initially. And, you know, I think because we have this proof of concept and we survived the pandemic, we've been able to do some fundraising. Post-pandemic. Definitely not easy. It's not in our comfort zone. We've always mm-hmm. worked for other people. Even in startups, you know, in startup world, we haven't been the ones fundraising. Yeah. Even I say, you know, I worked in PR and I can sell anybody else's business. Selling my own sometimes feels a little unnatural. Yeah. But we've really been forced to get out of our comfort zone lately and just feel confident about our business, about what we've created. You know, this is a tough time given the economy to be fundraising. We're not fortunately looking for incredible, incredibly insane amounts of money. People who have young children or who are customers of ours are excited to have some quote unquote skin in the game and they want to be a part of this. So that's been really telling for us and it's been a great way for us to to do some of this fundraising. I
2: would say that we're also, we've been really fortunate to have a lot, particularly from this accelerator we participated in, a lot of women kind of in our corner who have been Mm. like willing to make A million introductions for us. You know, I think people, particularly women with young children, right, believe in what we're doing, understand it, and understand the value proposition. Mm -hmm. And those people have kind of been our biggest supporters and the ones, like, most willing to really, like, open doors for us. There are definitely stats not working necessarily in our favor in terms of fundraising from four women founded companies Mm -hmm. we feel really optimistic about you know this specific venture just because of the traction that we've Mm -hmm. we found and the
0: passionate like the the amount of passion
2: that a lot of families have for our business
0: yeah the proof is in the pudding I think people go to your classes they're happy they're excited and they want you to expand and they want to be part of that Exactly. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. This has been incredible. I think our community, if they don't already know about your classes, they will be very shortly coming to visit all of your classes and (laughs) coming to visit your space. I can't recommend it enough. And thank you guys for joining us. Thank Thank you. you. Alana and Cheryl can also be found on their Instagram, State of Kid, as well as their website, stateofkid.com. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to visit Talking With Tata on Instagram and on Facebook.